0: Okay, so let's pick it up. Verse 1. As Caesarea, we got a good feel of that. It's a very pagan city. Um, It's also by the sea. Um, There was a man named Cornelius. Now, we already noted this in our observation. Cornelius is a up there soldier. He's a captain in charge of 100, part of a cohort of 600. He's high rank. He's probably super wealthy. Not probably, he is. Um, Gets paid five times the amount of the average soldier. Um, he's a centurion, and he was known as the Italian cohort, a devout man, devout, pious, dutiful, religious. Notice it says he was a devout man, not a devout Christian. He's a man of devotion. I, I think there. I look around the room. I know some pretty devoted men. You disciplined, but he's a devout man. He's a religious man, and he feared God. Acts 13, 16, and 26 references to um, when Paul addresses the crowds, he says, men of Israel and those who fear God. So God fear was a, was, a, was a term that made sense in their day. They were not really fully Jewish converts, but they were like these Gentiles who just acknowledge that we, yeah we have the true God, but they're not circumcised. They don't go that far. So they're in this weird limbo feeling where they're kind of like these guys that are just like, they come to church, they're, they're, but they're not really, like, saved. They're not really in. At least they're not in with the Jewish community. And this guy, Cornelius, is not in fully with the Christian community. He just has this reverence of God. You know a lot of people like that? I do. I know choke people like that. They'll say things like, you know, I, yeah, I believe God. I, be, I believe there's a God. I mean, They have a real honest reverence and respect towards deity, god fear. But like Christy pointed out in her observation time, it's just not defined, and that's so deadly. So anyway, let's read on. He's a God-fearer, um, and he gave alms. He was generous with his money. He wasn't stingy, and he prayed. Now, when you first read the description, honestly, right, as we were going through it, it's like Cornelius sounds like a Christian, right? He sounds maybe more Christian than some of us, so I don't know. you know, like, But... He's not. Cornelius is not a Christian. Look at the next chapter, Acts chapter 11. Go to verse 13. This is when Peter is retelling what went down. He's retelling the testimony, and um, he gives us a little bit more insight here. In Acts chapter 11, verse 13, it says, He told us how he had seen the angel stand in his house and say, Send to Joppa and bring Simon, who's called Peter. Verse 14, he will declare to you this is what Cornelius is telling Peter. He'll declare to you a message by which you will be saved. You see that? So the angel was telling Cornelius, hey, you got to go get Peter so you can hear this message so you can actually be saved. Meaning, in other words, Cornelius, you're not saved. You're God-fearer. You pray, you give choke money to the poor. For the most part, you look like a, 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 a nice guy but Cornelius. You're still going to hell. Whoa. Reverence and religion and sincerity, that's not enough. That's, Cornelius had all those things. He was a devout man. He wasn't playing, playing games. He was serious. And this is where it makes me wonder what was Cornelius praying? What does a religious man who's trying his very best to do his very best pray so desperately all the time? I was just trying to imagine perhaps, because maybe perhaps there's people in the house or listening, that you would consider yourself religious and devout and God-fearing and You have a prayer life for the most part. You're trying so hard to do the right thing, but you know deep down in your soul something's not right. You're restless. I've been there. I've talked to many people who this is often found just in church, maybe even church members. You've been this faithful, devout church attender for decades or years. And you've done this, you've done that, you've served on this committee, you've, you've helped in this way, you, you know, you, you're doing your very, very best. But something's off. Matthew 7, 21, many will say, Lord, Lord, did we not do this and that in your name and all these works? And, and Jesus says, mm, but I don't know you. You can be religious and not be regenerate. Regenerate, we get that from John 3 when Jesus tells Nicodemus, you must be born again. You must be born again to enter the kingdom. You have to have a rebirth. It's a new life. You and I can be very sincerely religious and devoted people and do as much good works as we possibly can. Cornelius gave a lot of money. He prayed a lot of prayers. But what Cornelius does not know yet Is that's not good enough buddy why no amount of good works will ever be good enough to save your soul why because we are all sinners good on what standard Cornelius might look good to us but in the eyes of God Cornelius is still a sinner under the wrath of God no amount of money no amount of praying no amount of church attendance no amount of sincere tearful fear can save his soul. We know this, Christians, right? Only Christ can do that. This is what Cornelius does not know yet. But hear this, guys, because we live in Hawaii, and Hawaii is a very, very God-fearing place. It is. I go surfing, and brothers see me praying, and they, like, hop in with me. And, and when we talk, I just ask, well, do you know who I'm praying to? Like, well, who are you going to pray to? But, but they're, they're, it's cool, though. There's, the, there's that respect. Like, there's, this, there's a reverence of a deity. And, and almost, I would say, almost every other week, it's easy to bump into some, like, plenty of people in Hawaii because we're, we, we have that type of culture with all these different backgrounds and ethnicities and races where, you know, you might get into a conversation with someone and they're not going to disagree with you on just, like, reverence to God. They might even have religion. But this needs to be clear. Just because you're religious, you might be sincerely religious. That does not mean you are regenerate. This does not mean you are a Christian. Because why would the angel tell Cornelius, you need to be saved? No amount of religion can save us. And I think this is deadly because i think we're okay to water it down so much where i think in um, today in america cornelius would have passed uh, he would have he would have passed as a, a fine christian man <laughs> i think if anyone in america were to watch cornelius live and and he says oh yeah i go to so-and-so baptist church and and just you pass yep you got to be a christian because <laughs> bro, i cannot not even give as much as you give cause and i see you all the time at the prayer meeting i i can't remember the last time i went to a prayer meeting but you always there cornelius i see your car That would have been good enough. We would have let him pass. But we have to, we have to, we have to define salvation and regeneration by what God defines it. Acts 4, no man under heaven, there's no other name under heaven by which man is saved. And that's Jesus Christ. Cornelius doesn't know who Jesus is yet. Just like how I do, I do believe perhaps even in this place god is so at work in your heart where there's a reason you're here there's a reason you want to be here there is a fear of god you you do enjoy doing these righteous acts because it does it, it, it is how we are created to live almost but but you might not truly be reborn and i'm telling you very honestly as a pastor of a church I pray for the members in our church that every single member would truly be regenerate, not merely religious. It scares me to think that a brother or a sister could attend the church for years, and when their life expires, they're not truly in the presence of God, because I wonder if Cornelius was on this road where he would have said the things in Matthew 7. He would have said, Lord, Lord. I gave alms. I prayed prayers. I was a God-fearer. And I wonder if he was on that road where he might have been one of those many who will say, didn't I do these things? Why can't I come into the kingdom? This is so important. Because if you right now think that you're going to heaven because of how good you are, and the things that you've done. I don't know what Cornelius has done in his life. Maybe he was so generous because he's done so much bad things. You ever think about that? Maybe he's trying to right the wrong. He has so much conviction. Maybe he's murdered so many innocent men and women or something. Or he's been in adulterous affairs. I mean, he's a centurion. You can get any woman you want in town. We don't know his, his sinful life. Maybe that's what's motivating him. And something is just, God, what do I do? What do I do, Lord? I don't get this. And then God, in his grace, draws near to Cornelius. Here's what you do. Go get Peter. Before we move on, I just really want to make the point, you can be religious and not be regenerate. I just want to plead with you to really consider yourself, myself, tonight. Don't think of other people. Think of you. Why are you saved? Why are you regenerate? What makes you think you can come into the presence of a righteous and holy God? The Christian knows what they would say. The Christian knows who their confidence would be. The gospel is for the churched and the unchurched, the religious and the irreligious. And it's coming to Cornelius. It's on the way. It's on the way. So you can be religious and not be regenerate. Let's read on verse 3. And about the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision. Ninth hour in the day, that's a prayer hour. An angel of God notice. God came in, said to him, God is initiating Cornelius. And he stared at him in terror and said, what is it, Lord? He said, your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. Pause here for a bit. I want us to see this. God is drawing Cornelius to himself. God's drawing Cornelius to himself and readying his heart to hear the gospel. Who gave Cornelius the vision? God. Angel came from God. God said to Cornelius, God is drawing. God is initiating. And then you say, well, no, because Cornelius prayed the prayers. Well, who gave Cornelius the desire to pray the prayers? God. God. God is drawing Cornelius, and he's preparing. He's readying his heart to hear the gospel. There's an effectual call going down right now. God is drawing this guy in just like how he drew the eunuch in, just like how he drew Saul, just like how he drew me, just like how he drew you. Understand, understand. Every time we study through the Bible, we see conversions. People get saved. Know this: it is a work of God, start to finish. John six forty four No one, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. No one can come. This is why prayer for our un- for, our, for the one the people we love that don't know Christ is so important. You can't draw them. I can't make you love Jesus. I didn't make you guys come here. If you have the inkling, you have, you have a little slightest desire to know Jesus. If there's a little bit of enthusiasm and excitement to know the true and living God in you, that's on God. Not me. No one comes to the Father unless God draws him. Philippians 1.6, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you, in you, he began the work Philippians 2.13, it is God who works in you. Children and little ones, if you're into this, if you're curious about Jesus, it's not because you were born to parents who like Jesus. It's not because any of that. It's because God, God is making you curious. God is causing you to wonder, what happens after I die? Why is there bad things in the world? And who can fix that? You have those stirring thoughts. There's an empty puka in your heart, and you can't make sense of all this world and life. You want to know the purpose, the reason why you exist. Those things, if those things are really stirring on in your heart, God is at work in you. God is at work in you. God is doing that. We have to, have to see that. That's what's happening to Cornelius. I love studying these conversions god made that eunuch in the desert just burning with passion and reading through Isaiahs. i don't know what i'm reading i still remember when it happened for me age 12 i don't know why i decided to make one of my bible reading logs was i'm gonna just read through the whole bible and my english teacher thought wow that's cool my parents didn't make me do that i don't know what where it came it just came out of nowhere i don't even like reading and I just thought, I'm going to just try to read the whole Bible. I still remember in 12 years old, in seventh grade, my reading log partner was this holly girl named Alexa. I will never forget it because she said, the Bible? And I was like, right, I'm just going to try. <laughs> you know? But that was the beginning. I just, I don't know why I was having these promptings, these desires. I started showing up at church, sitting in service, and then all of a sudden the old guy up there started to make a little bit more sense. And I just was like, wait, what? Huh? What does that mean? Where did that come from? I mean, I look around in this place, and I look at you guys during observation times, you guys, (laughs) us, like knowing a lot of our stories and who you are and where we're coming from. What's happening here? This is weird. No, this is God drawing people to himself and he starts by stirring their affections their curiosities oh i just want to read some of cornelius's prayers and just imagine the type of desperation he had where he's like god how much more alms i gotta give until i have peace how much more praise prayers i gotta pray until i feel at rest what's going on okay, buddy, do this, go get Peter. Okay, Peter, who, why? Okay, whatever, where is he? He stayed down at the beach house with the tanner. Okay, I'm on it. Put him in the GPS right now. God's drawing Cornelius to himself and he's readying his heart to hear the gospel. That's why I love, I love that Megan pointed out that he, right away, he's like, okay, two brothers, get one soldier, get down there, find this Peter. (laughs) Get him here. Get him here. God's at work in this place. I don't care how old you are or young you are. If your heart desires God this evening and you want to know truly how to be at peace with him and truly enter into a life of praise and grace and adoration, God is at work in you. Just wonder, makes me wonder, if you really see this it makes me wonder how much work God is doing around me at times. How much work is god is, is, is God at work in your vicinity and the people around you? you ever wonder that you ever think that? Can you imagine the brother or sister right there next to you on the bus or at in at school or at the beach or wherever it is you frequent? You have no idea where people are coming from and what God might be doing this idea that God draws and works in a person has changed my perception on life so much. It changed my interactions with every single person. I go to the beach, and when I stand, I don't just look at the surf now. I look at how much people are in the lineup. Not to say, oh, get so crowded over there, I can go over there. No, I look at the lineup, and I say, okay, there's about 10 out there. Get a couple uncles, but a lot of people I've never seen before. And then I think, I wonder what you're doing oh paddling out what's gonna go down today when you see that God draws and works in people it changes it that might be the game changer for you for you to go to work tomorrow show up at work and don't think like when you punch in okay here we go don't don't think go like this walk to work and be like what you doing Jesus God what are you doing people walk by you working on him or what i don't know i smell something smell something you know just have that lens just just go around life and imagine because god is really at work he's really doing it and we never know peter had no idea that this was going down with cornelius he had no clue it's gonna be the easiest sermon conversion ever why not because peter can preach hard it's just peter's God's already doing something in Cornelius. You never know. A guy paddled up to me yesterday, straight up to me on his board, and he's like, "You go to church?" I was like, "Yes." (laughs) Do you go to church? No. Used to. And I'm like, "What's going on?" And so we're paddling around. He's like, "We're like." He's like, "How do I know you?" I was like, "I don't know, but I you look familiar too." And he's like. Yeah, because you look really familiar. I was like, oh, we're trying to find out where. And, and then in my mind, this verse kicks in. And I'm like, I might as well ask, hey, bro, how are you doing? Because in my mind now, I think, what, is, is God at work? I don't want to miss it. It's crazy. I think of the relationships and the friendships we have here in this place. Can you imagine just like, we, we would have never known. We would have never thought this. But God was at work. He drew us in. Let's read on. (laughs) It's fun to imagine if Theophilus was reading this and he was like, wait, a centurion is praying, giving alms. And what? (laughs) How did that happen? Well, now we know. God's at work. Verse 5. Now send men to Joppa, bring Simon, who's called Peter, who's lodging with one Simon, a tanner. It's funny. Guarantee, guarantee oh, I don't know. Maybe Cornelius is more educated than me. I would have been like, okay, wait, 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 slow down. How much, too many Simons, bro. You know, <laughs> and you're relaying it to his boys. Just make sure you get the right Simon. If you're not sure which one, just bring them both, okay? <laughs> we'll figure it out when they get here. So you get Simon Peter, and then he's lodging with Simon, the tanner at the beach house, and... um. By the sea. Why Peter, guys? Why does the angel, why does the angel not just tell him the gospel? That's what I was wondering. Why well, I got to go through all this work to get Peter? Angel, this is cool. Just you tell me the message. You ever wonder that? Just think about it. Why does God do that? Why Peter? Well, what is Peter. He's a what? He's a fisherman, but more importantly, he's an apostle. He's a preacher. All the way up until this chapter, we know Peter's going to preach one message. What? You're saved by grace through faith in Christ alone, not of works that no one can boast. That's his message. You need Jesus. So he says, Simon, all right, no, this go get the preacher. Now that's interesting. God uses the preaching of his word to save souls. It's a really fascinating thing the more you think about it. Like, why didn't the angel just do it? Why you got to get, a, why you gotta get a, a preacher? Why does God do that? Why, why preaching words? Why does God call his people to preach to call more people? Why does God do that? Why words? Why so much words? Why a book? Why such a big book? His ways, man. We already saw in chapter 11, right, when Peter was retelling the story, he said, you need to go get Peter and hear the message that will save your soul. This is why, this is why it's so important that churches don't stop preaching the word of God. He uses preaching to save souls. He uses preaching to save souls. Why? That's how God said to do it. Romans 10, Romans chapter 10. I'll read it for you. It's worthy of turning there if you want to read it with your own eyeballs. Romans chapter 10, verse 14. How then will they call on him, Jesus, in whom they have not believed? How's Cornelius going to know? How's Cornelius going to call if he's never believed? How are they to believe in him of whom they've never heard? Cornelius can't believe if he's never heard. And how are they to hear without someone, what? preaching and how are they to preach unless they are sent as it is written how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news next week we're going to see the spirit god trying to put good beautiful feet on peter go preach this message to cornelius Nah, no like i know i don't i don't preach to unclean people oh peter you don't get it yet do you verse 16 but they have not all, all obeyed the gospel isaiah says lord who has believed what he has heard from us look at this guy's huge verse 17 faith comes from hearing faith comes from hearing you can't trust something unless you heard something right you can't just walk up to a stranger on the street and say brother i believe in you they they think you're crazy go walk up to a stranger at 7-eleven and just say i believe in you they never say nothing to you just walk up to them i believe in you They'd be like what now if they said meet me here tomorrow at 5 and I'll buy you whatever you want in 7-eleven and you say I believe in you makes sense and if you really believe you'll show up tomorrow at 5 and go get your food right? you can't have faith without hearing stuff this is why it's so scary to go to church and they don't you don't hear anything from the Bible you don't hear anything about Jesus Faith comes from hearing, more specifically, hearing through the word of Christ. This is what Cornelius, his soul, so desperately needs to hear, and he wants to hear it so bad. This is why preaching, if you've been studying the healthy marks with us, it's mark number one, expositional preaching. You know why Satan wants to make Bible study boring? Why Satan would love for churches to be packed and hear a 10-minute snippet of a little devotional nugget and then just sing songs and play games and watch movies because, oh, you know why Satan's down for that? Because you they won't hear the word of Christ and they won't get saved. Preaching is so important because God said it's important. It's why we must pray that our children grow up in church learning to hear the word of God preached. Who is God? Who is Christ? Who am I? What's wrong with me? How does this get reconciled? Why did Jesus come, live perfect, die, three days later rise and call everyone repent, trust in me? How does that all make sense? That's the message that saves. That's what every soul must hear. It's what Cornelius is longing for. He doesn't need to hear Cornelius, you're doing good so far. Just give a little bit more. Cornelius, keep it up. Keep praying. And you'll have a healthy, wealthy life, Cornelius. You're doing great. You're already already respected among Israel. Keep on. No, Cornelius does not need to hear that. Because he'll try harder and harder and harder. And when he drops dead, without Christ, he's done. Faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of Christ. There's a supernatural transaction that goes on every Sunday we gather and the word of God is presented and the message is sung and the message is preached. There's something miraculous that happens when our ears hear it. And it clicks and you recognize who you are and you recognize who he is and his love and, and him so loving us that he sent his only son And there's this thing that happens that God gives you, and it's called faith. And you realize, I can't do this anymore. I'm tired. But he did it all. And if this message you're telling me, preacher, is true, that I believe. I believe in Christ. It's my profession of faith. I know whom I've believed in. Christ, Jesus Christ, Savior of my soul. This is what Cornelius needs to hear and must be presented for his soul to finally be at rest. Augustine said, my soul is restless until it finds rest in thee. He's using preaching to save souls. Jesus is the living word. He's the word becoming flesh. This is why Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy 4, he charges him in the presence of God. He says, Timothy, verse 5, fulfill your ministry as an evangelist, Keep doing gospel ministry. How do you do that, Timothy? Verse 2, preach the word. Preach the word. There's nothing else to preach. In that same chapter, that's why he warns, I'm telling you, Timothy, watch out. People are not going to want to hear preaching. They're not going to like Bible study. And that's going to be to their peril. Because faith comes from hearing, hearing the word of Christ. That's how souls are saved a serious thing guys and oh if we would just start to really realize how precious and mysterious and miraculous the preached word of god is oh we would long to share it because the power is in the gospel not us and oh we would long to see our loved ones come to church not to have a warm fuzzy experience but to hear a message that could save their soul Let's finish up. God uses preaching of his word to save souls. That's how he does it. You believe that book in your hands is as powerful as God says it is? Church members, if you believe that, and myself, Pastor Bob, or Pastor Johnny, ever stop preaching this, if we ever even subtly start to drift from this and make pulpit time more about other things, talking about us or, or making you laugh or trying to do anything else that's cre- other than that. I am begging you to fire us. Serious. Because God uses the preaching of his word to save souls. Nothing else. It's that serious. And that's why the angel says, Cornelius, Go get the preacher. Verse 7, the angel spoke to him and departed and called two of his servants, devout soldier among them who attended him, having related everything to them. So he told them everything that went down, and he sent them to Joppa. So we see in Cornelius that he was down to sit under sound teaching. Why do I use that language? We'll close here. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. We're going to close here. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy. 2nd Timothy chapter 4. And then we'll be pow. God uses the pre uh he saves souls by the preaching of the word. Because we don't see Cornelius say, Oh, why well, I gotta go get Simon? Can you just tell me? He's like, okay, I got to go get this preacher. He has a message. I want to hear it. Right now, if I could imagine Cornelius, he's the guy that's getting in his car, and he doesn't even know why, but he's super excited to show up at Bible study. <laughs> he's just like, oh, I, don't know. I just need to hear them. I, I want to hear. Cornelius was down to sit under sound doctrine. This is not the case with everybody. Verse 1 Paul telling young Timothy, who's going to be a pastor, he says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, Jesus, sorry, Jesus, who is the judge of the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time's coming, Timothy, note this, when people will not endure. You know that word, endure? It's like, I just no can anymore. <laughs> this is too hard. People will not like sound, sound, good, true, biblical, accurate teaching. They don't want good Bible study. But instead, what they want is just to have their itching ears They'll accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. They just want to be entertained. I'd rather show up at church and just laugh and have fun, get some warm fuzzies, get inspired. Shoots, see you next Sunday. That was my inspirational nugget for the week. It's going to last me well. That's what people want. They want to be entertained. They'd rather just watch movies instead of hear preaching. Just honest. Is that us? It's okay to be honest. I struggle with that. This is supernatural. And because of that, verse 4, they will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. You see that? Wander off into myths. I'm thinking and praying for some of us who... Are going to college You might be moving soon. Please, please, please pray and seek to find a church that preaches the word and devotes itself to sound doctrine. You don't want to be misled. I'm serious. I love you guys. I care, we care. This is important. Why? Because souls are on the line. If Christ is not preached clearly, souls don't get saved. You don't get edified. You don't get strengthened. That's why I said if we stop teaching this book, fire us. It's not about us, it's about Him. As for you, always be sober minded, endure suffering. Why would He say that? Because this is going to be hard, Timothy. <laughs> You're going to want to be like all the other ch- hip churches. Oh, look at how they're doing it now. Wow, this looks so fun and cool. Look how much people go. No, Timothy. Preach the word. Bible. Bible, Timothy. Oh, yes. Okay. Endure suffering. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. In short, Cornelius heard that he needed to hear a message, and he needed to hear it from Peter. And so he was like, I'm down. I do pray that God would put that in us. Some of you are, I know you're in college here. I know some of you guys, are, you're in ministries. You serve in various ways or even parachurch stuff, other ministries and stuff. This is why it's so important to understand, though, that souls get saved by hearing the word of Christ, not just by having fun. Work and serve hard in a way to get people to a place where either you or a church preaches Christ to them don't forget that don't miss that we water it down and fuzzy it up so easily Cornelius is fed up with religion he wants to be at rest Colossians 4 2 this is my encouragement to us we heard tonight that God is at work He's drawing people, perhaps in our vicinity, perhaps here right now. Maybe that's you tonight. But this is my encouragement to us. Colossians four two, Paul says, be prayerful, but be watchful. I just ask us this week to just ask the Lord to give you eyes that are a little bit more watchful, a little bit more alert. Like walk around, t- or go, go to where you go in your places, go home in tonight and think to yourself, are you doing anything, God? Are you at work here? And what do I need to do? Be more watchful. And if you're restless, you have religion, but you're restless, then I'm pleading with you tonight, don't leave. (laughs) I'll sit here all night with you if that's what it takes until you hear what Cornelius needed to hear, that salvation comes from no one else but Jesus Christ. And then I want that to make sense, though. How does that happen? That's what Peter's going to be called to do. He's going to show some resistance, but we'll see that he comes through there's definitely a happy ending in chapter 10. Let's pray. Um, God, as you are at work right now, as the Holy Spirit is working among us, I think of those in the room who are hearing that perhaps they thought that they were Christians this whole time because that they grew up in church or they... They've done all these religious things and they've been faithful and for the most part, when they compare themselves to someone else, they're not as bad. Well, Lord, we saw tonight that Cornelius could have said the same thing. He probably would have said the same thing. But I pray for those people right now that if there is a sense of restlessness, there's uncertainty. They're not quite sure where they stand with God. That if they were to pass tonight, that they know that they know not because they made it up but because your word says that they know they would be with you. that they would know that they're regenerated that they're saved they're reborn they're christian please lord work in them more get them to ask questions give them the hunger and thirst that cornelius had to go and get a preacher and help me understand like you like like